Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. Off to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line, and our buddy Jeremy Rutherford, our Blues Insider from The Athletic, joins us. And uh, you were just telling Matthew that you're, uh, I mentioned that you are very prolific at The Athletic before the break, and the the numbers bear it out. How's it going? <laughs> yeah, he got me he got me pretty good, Randy. Uh, I told him that uh, we usually write about 18, 20 stories a month, and I think I'm up to about 26, and he said, uh, imagine if they were good. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is what makes it. And by the way, if if they were great, we wouldn't have had a story like the Ryan O'Reilly story that you wrote about that happened right before the trade, which is a, a fantastic story. I urge everybody that has access to The Athletic to read the story. If you don't have access to The Athletic, get access to The Athletic. But again, what uh, an amazing human being Ryan O'Reilly is. Yeah, you're talking about a story uh, we put out yesterday. And, and so the Blues social media team did a great job of capturing Ryan O'Reilly uh, taking a young kid. It was his make-a-wish uh, dream, five-year-old Hank Walker. And this was the day that he was traded. So I'm, I'm flipping through Twitter just like anybody, and I see these pictures and videos of Ryan out on the ice and taking him back to the locker room. And I'm thinking to myself, this is the Ryan O'Reilly I've known for four years. You know, he really takes a liking to young kids, and, and of course that goes back to uh, his family fostering so many young kids. And I thought to myself, I want to do something on this. So I got a hold of uh, young Hank Walker's mom, and I spoke to her for about a half hour a couple nights ago, and she took me through the day uh, blow by blow, all the details of things that Ryan said, uh, trying to uh, support and encourage her young son, Hank, and then also just the gear that the Blues gave him, so on and so forth. So the last few hours of Ryan O'Reilly's days in St. Louis were spent with a young five-year-old just making his dream come true. Hey, hey, Jr. losing uh, the captain, obviously, and a, and a player that has been, you know, so meant so much to this team and to this city, how, how has that really impacted this team? Is this what's going on on the ice, just not having him out there, uh, causing them to, to struggle in the manner in which they have been? Yeah, I think even though players know that it's coming, and you could say this with uh, any sport, I still think there's a little bit of shell shock. And I think we were talking to Braden Shen yesterday at his locker, and we were talking about the 0-3 record since the O'Reilly trade. And he said, well, that first one against uh, Colorado, that the next day you're still kind of in a little bit of shock. And then, then you got to go back-to-back playing Ottawa. You're still kind of feeling that. And then uh, this last game against Carolina, obviously a tough team. They started to play a little bit of a better game, but still in three games now, Kerry outscored 15-4. to I think Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo combine uh, just one assist between the two of them, and that's not the point to finger at them, but obviously they're going to have to step up in the wake of what's going on here with, with all the trades. Uh, so I think you look out on the ice, and it's a patchwork lineup, and we all knew that was coming once they made these moves. 
Uh, but the Blues are just going to have to suck it up. And like Craig Bruby keeps saying, uh, you've got a job to do, go out and play. So they get another chance to do that tonight against Vancouver. JR, would you anticipate that there are more moves to come? At least one, I would think, with Barbashev, but maybe even some buying before the deadline. Is that a possibility? Yeah, I think there's still a couple options that could happen. The number one thing that seems pretty obvious is Ivan Barbashev moving him. You know, I've mentioned that I think probably what's taken this one a little bit longer than the O'Reilly and Tarasenko moves is that Doug Armstrong really wants to get a first-rounder out of Barbashev, too. And, you know, if teams are going to balk at that up until the wire, you know, maybe he gets it or maybe he doesn't. The other one that's kind of flown under the radar, maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't, but is there a team out there that needs a, a Thomas Grice? The Blues have signed Joel Hofer to a one-way contract, so he'll have a chance to compete for the backup spot next year. And do you give him some games down the stretch here for St. Louis? You could make the argument that you keep him in Springfield, let him keep building himself uh, until next season, but there's also an argument to get him up and and play some games. But then the bigger picture, it's uh, can Doug Armstrong pull off a trade of a guy with term? And when you you say that, you're thinking about guys on the defensive end, uh, whether it be a a Colton Pareko, a Nick Letty, a Tory Krug, I myself think any move like that would likely happen in the summer if it happens at all. Uh, but uh, a lot of speculation, a lot of reports going around that, that Doug is trying to move one of those guys before the trade deadline. Hey, JR, I'm of, I'm of the thought process that if the Blues do not trade away any of these draft picks and go and get a guy uh, this season or, or in the offseason, that they're probably going to draft those guys in the in the upcoming draft. And, and you're looking at a, a two- to three-year rebuild as opposed to if they trade them away, probably being ready to go and, and rebuilding in, in one year. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, definitely, Kerry, because here's the deal, and Doug Armstrong kind of said it the other day. Once you go to the draft and make those picks, your organization is going to be excited about those players for sure. You know, you just can't wait till they get here in, in two or three years. But teams like to make their own picks. So, you know, I think that if Doug Armstrong is able to uh, move some of these first-round picks, and let's say we had the story a couple days ago about Timo Meyer, uh, if there's a fit there, if, if the Blues can get a contract with Meyer, if San Jose says, yeah, we'll take your – first two picks or we'll take uh, Zachary Bolduke, you know, then I think that's a situation where we know what Doug Armstrong's trying to do with this rebuild. It's pretty obvious. He's going out and getting a guy right there at 26 years old who's going to help come in and turn this thing around quicker. Uh, the one thing, you know, when we had that story a couple days ago, people said that this defense is a mess and you can go out and get a team of Meyer, but it might not help you much with uh, revamping that defense, my answer to them was you can do both. You can do things simultaneously. If you have a market out there for a Colton Pareko uh, or somebody else on that defensive end, move them, and at the same time that frees up some cap space where maybe you can go out and get somebody like Meyer. I don't mean to keep putting the eggs in that basket. I'm just using him as an example. And we actually connected those dots because of a couple of Frank Saravalli reports yesterday that Ottawa was interested in Pareko and that the Blues were interested in Meyer. To me, JR, from a cap standpoint, that would make sense. If you can pull it off, and there's a lot that would have to go into that, but you'd almost need to move one of those defensemen to be able to fit Meyer under next year's cap, right? Yeah, I think you have to. And here's the thing. So Frank uh, reported that Ottawa might be a team that's interested in in Colton Pareko. He he backed off that a little bit yesterday by saying that the Ottawa ownership change, they're going through a change right now, it's not going to get done before the March 3rd trade deadline. And he doesn't know. Just like in 2006, I believe it was, when the Blues were – Dellen and changing ownership. Remember, they wanted to, to strip the roster down, and they made the great, smart decision to trade Chris Pronger, oh, right? Like, who would want him on the roster? <laughs> uh, so, 
so so that uh, I think Ottawa is looking at a situation where maybe they can't take on a contract with, with seven years left on it until they get uh, the new ownership in place. However, last night Ottawa trades a defenseman, Nikita Zetsov, uh, and he was owed $6 million. Could that be a situation where Ottawa's freeing up cap money to make it basically a money-for-money money situation where they've moved him to Chicago and then now they – look into uh, Colton Preco and the Blues. Could be a possibility, but again, this is funny time of the year. All the speculation, 1% of it comes true, so we'll see what happens. JR, uh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to ask, JR, with, with O'Reilly being gone now, which player are you looking at to, to be the glue to, to hold this thing together down the stretch so it doesn't fall completely apart? I think the guy is uh, Braden Shen. He's the guy who I think has a really good shot at being the captain. Uh, I think Robert Thomas is certainly in that mix with uh, the status uh, he has on the team and also his age and uh, that contract coming up next year. But I do think uh, Braden Shen, he's got, uh, what, five years left on his deal at least. I think that he's been that glue guy for the past couple of years. I joked around with him yesterday when we were at his locker stall and I was looking at his uh, jersey. I said, is there some space right there on the chest there for the C? I, I, yeah, it looks like there's enough space there. So he kind of chuckled. And uh, But I think that he's going to be that type of guy for them. It's just a tough assignment, Kerry, as you know. Um, you know, here you got a situation where you look around the room and two big guys are off the roster and you got a lot of guys from the AHL and, and now Braden Shen is kind of saying, uh, you know, to himself, I've got to keep this group together for the last 25 games, even though we're not a playoff team and just keep everybody going in the right direction. It's a pretty big challenge, but if there's anybody on that roster, I think can handle that. It's definitely him. Jeremy, one last thing. My son used to work for a baseball website and told me that every year that the overwhelming majority of hits, even more than the championship, the World Series, it was the week before the trade deadline. Is that the way it is for you guys at The Athletic? Are people so interested in transactions that you get more business right now than you get at any other time of the year? It is unbelievable. I'll take you behind the scenes for a quick second. I know we're running out of time here, but uh, you could write a feature story about a Blues player situation, and maybe, maybe you get 10,000 view. Uh, that's what we call them, 10,000 views. And then I, I looked at the O'Reilly numbers from the trade the other day, Randy, and just that night, that Friday night when the trade was made to Toronto, just in a couple days' time, it was up to 45,000 views. So uh, that's definitely this time of year is, is where all the eyes are on the websites and on the phones trying to get the information. And, and so we're trying to uh, stay on top of it. But yes, uh, that, that is correct. Uh, the trade deadline is one of the biggest times of the year. And we want people to check out your work at The Athletic. JR, always good to talk to you. Thanks so much. Have a great weekend. Anytime. Appreciate it. Have a good weekend. You too. See you later. That is Jeremy Rutherford.